I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Well, first off, my thanks for Tom Brady. Apparently, all he had to do was uh, tweet out that he misses the fall. And the fall showed up the next day in the form of 60-degree weather in the morning on Saturday or on Sunday, which I was delightful for. So... We know that uh, Brady is a man of all seasons. And he's but he also tra- tweeted about a trade that didn't happen. Yeah, well, I think Giselle responded with the tweet about the fall by saying something about a trade. And, and then, of course, we came to find out we were all duped because it was just their marketing plan um, for crypto trading, which they dumped a commercial, I guess, on Sunday at some point. Uh, so we all were, you know, we all were Ponzi's. Um, but aren't we all yeah. just Ponzi's in Tom Brady's world? We kind of are, yeah. We're just we're just extras in the movie of his life, I think. And there's been quite a few movies, and there's one coming out, Man in the Arena, I think, in November. So look forward to that. But yeah, uh, Tom Brady can control the season. And really, the funny thing is, uh, you know, and, and I was I was kidding, but I was like, oh, I can't take a Saturday off. But the funny thing is, is that he really does like when it comes to weather. And he was not talking about the weather. When it comes to weather, like he that's. You know, who doesn't love it here, right? He would, all last year, they'd walk out about this time all the way through, you know, when they got done playing in February, and he would look at Clyde and he'd go, top 20 day, top 20? And because each day was nicer than the next. And boy, how good did it feel on Sunday morning to go outside and, and have the low humidity and I don't know, you know, where I was at anyway, it was uh, in the low to, low to mid-60s. It I, was just the, I was on the baseball fields with my sons uh, all day Sunday, and uh, oh, it was a lot better was... than it had been the week before. Oh, yeah, yeah, just the humidity. I mean, even even on Friday, it was brutal. And Saturday, we had soccer, and I was out there sweating. And um, But, yeah, Sunday was gorgeous. And so we, we've made it. I think, we you know, this will last about 15 minutes, and then it'll be 90 again. But we've at least made it to our version of the fall, which is nice. Um, got a chance to watch a lot of football this weekend, college and pro. We'll start with the NFL since that's where the Bucks play. And, you know, let, let me say this. I think there's maybe, first of all, I think the best teams are in the NFC. We'll get to the AFC in a minute. But I, I think there's probably about four to five teams that the Bucks are going to have to contend with. And Tampa Bay will be in there, barring more injuries. And, and you know, the hope is that they get some, some guys back. They play Chicago on Sunday. The Bears aren't very good. Justin Fields is not ready. Um, the plan they have for him is even worse. Um, really, Green Bay won that game without doing a whole lot. They just they just ran it down their throats, more or less. They didn't ask Aaron Rodgers to do a lot. He did have a rushing touchdown. And then he, then he kind of looked up at the fans and said, I still own you, <laughs> which he does. He's beaten. I think he's only lost four times to the Bears in his career uh, at, at Soldier Field. But... Um, that game that game was frustrating if you're a Chicago fan because they had a lot of chances to stay in it and win it, and you know, um, I mean Justin feels that he's just he's limited at this point. He hasn't seen enough. They don't have a great plan for him. Um, you know, uh, just it was a close game. It was they were in the game and they had a chance to win it, but 
you know, at the end of the day, I mean, Green Bay plays in this division. The NFC North is really bad. And, you know, I know Minnesota tried to blow a game and then wound up winning it um, in overtime against not-so-tough Carolina anymore. Remember Carolina was 3-0 and at one point? Well, yeah, they're 3-3 and now. They lost at home to the Vikings in overtime, a game that shouldn't have gone in overtime if not for some miraculous throws and catches, um, you know, by Sam Darnold and those guys. But, you know, when you just you just kind of look at the landscape and you say, okay, the NFC, here's the thing. No one's – I mean, Green Bay is going to win 13 games out of 17, maybe more. Because I just don't see that division, they're, they're going to sweep it. I, I don't know that they'll lose a game, you know. They're certainly going to sweep Detroit. Um, Chicago, they got one win on the road already. Uh, and then you're looking at, who else? Um, who's the other team? Minnesota. And, and Minnesota, maybe. I mean, maybe Minnesota gets them once. I don't, I don't think so. They're not a great football team themselves. Um, but at times, they at least, you know, They've got some offensive fire firepower power with with Thielen and you know um, some you know Dalvin Cook and some of the weapons they have on offense. But so if you if you just look at if you look at the NFC North, it's gonna you know there's a good likelihood I think because some of those other divisions are just better. But there's a good likelihood that the championship game could be right back in Green Bay. I mean that only this time at Lambeau there would be you know a full stadium. And probably not mild weather like there was, you know, a year ago. So for my money, I, I still kind of, until somebody, you know, knocks off the Packers or upsets the Packers or, you know, that division suddenly gets better and it's not, then I think Green Bay is going to be a team that's going to be hard to get to wrestle home field advantage. Now you could say, well, right now, the undefeated team in the NFL is the Arizona Cardinals, and boy, did they look good against the Cleveland Browns. Um Kyler Murray is the real deal, folks. Dude can flat out throw it, you know. He is not a running quarterback. In, in, he's a running quarterback in the vein that Russell Wilson is a mobile quarterback. He looks to throw, and he does a great job leading that team. And they've also got a really good defense. I think they have a, you know, a championship caliber type defense. Uh, and they, they just took apart the Cleveland Browns, who weren't very good. Baker Mayfield wasn't very good, got hurt again, has a bit of a shoulder left shoulder problem. So that game. The Cardinals was, add another offensive weapon, too, in Zach Ertz. That's right. Yeah, exactly right. Who had a good game against the Bucks in Philadelphia on Thursday night, then flew to Arizona, picked up his playbook, all that, then accompanied the team to Cleveland. He couldn't play because he could only play one game a week. Um, but yeah, you add, you add Zach Ertz to that group. You're right. I mean, they've got, they've got some good weapons there. And, and Green Bay, remember all the panic after week one? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They weren't prepared. They got they got blasted by the New Orleans Saints, and everybody was, you know, well, this is it. Aaron Rodgers isn't engaged. Nah, don't forget about all that. <laughs> They're fine. They're, again, that division is so bad. And and some people might, might say that the NFC South isn't all that great shakes either, okay? Let's be honest. I mean, I don't know that Carolina is, is terrific. Um, you know, Atlanta's not a good football team, right? So really you have a two-team race. In, in New Orleans and Tampa Bay, and it's kind of been that way for the last number of years. I mean, in New Orleans has won, won it four or five years in a row. So, you know, until the Bucks knock them off, they're, they may be Super Bowl champs, but they're not NFC champs. We're going to find that out in two weeks on Halloween night in New Orleans. That's going to be the next big litmus test. So I'm not ready to put the Saints there yet in that conversation. Um, they got a couple of losses, but, I mean, I think I think if you just look at it and you go, all right, so the Cardinals are undefeated. They're legit. They're they're flat out legit. 
Um, the Rams, the Bucks have already lost to. They just destroyed the Giants. The Giants are a terrible football team. Bucks get them later on a Monday night this year. So, uh, you know, the, Ram, the Rams are the real deal too, and, and the Cardinals beat them in L.A. So they got a game up on them, uh, and it was a road game in the division of that. So, so one of those teams is going to be a wild card team in the West most likely. Uh, I don't know that Seattle's going to come back in that division. I don't think San Francisco will. But they're, they're, that's kind of a tough division. And there's a chance you get a couple wild-card teams, but more than likely just one. Um, and then, you know, after that, um, I mean, Dallas is, is the other team. I mean, Dallas should have lost, tried to lose, was losing a couple times uh, to the New England uh, Patriots. And it was just a crazy, crazy finish, you know, to that game. And they, they wound up winning in overtime on a uh, kind of a walk-off 35-yarder to C.D. Lamb where he just destroyed Jalen Mills on the play. But, you know, Dak Prescott, I mean, 36 of 51 for 445 and three touchdowns. And he had one interception that came off a deflection. Lamb was, you know, great. He had 149 yards. I mean, they got the whole package, you know. They've got some some good defenders, obviously. Um, they gave up. They gave up some points. They didn't give up many yards, and and so it was surprising that England was kind of in that game. You know, Mac Jones did what Mac Jones did. I mean, he hung in there, but uh, you know, at the end of the day, this uh, Trevon Diggs. You can just name him the NFC uh, Defensive Player of the Year right now. Seven ints in six games. The only other player to do that in history was Rod Woodson, your rookie year. <laughs> yeah, gold jacket guy. You know, and and I mean, it. what was funny is after, so, you know, he has the, the pick six, which in the final minutes, which gives the Cowboys a lead late. And they don't get the two-point conversion. And then they went right back to Diggs, and they set him up because they're like, okay, he's jumping everything. So they double-moved him, and they hit a 75-yard touchdown pass. Yeah, but they double-moved him. But he had a safety there who went the to play a, terrible a pick angle. instead yeah. of playing the man. Yeah. Yes. Play, in yeah, the final, the angle, you're two play minutes left. Play the man. Right. Right. Yeah. Your job is to is to not let anybody get behind you. And he went after the ball. Ball goes past him. Goes for a seventy-five yard touchdown. Um, it, it was. Just, I mean, it was an incredible last few minutes of that game. Mm-hmm. But New England, you know, New England. I mean, they hung with them, and they, they, they frankly, I thought they should have won won the game. But there's nothing. There's really nothing the Cowboys can't do offensively. And you know they can run it with Zeke. The, you know they usually have three receivers that are phenomenal. Um, Dak is playing at such a high level. Their offensive line does a good job for the most part of protecting him. You can't play man against them. If you play zone, he picks you apart. Um, their kicker missed a big field goal again, but he came back with with one. So, and and when the Cowboys are good, you know, and you got Jared out, or they believe not. You know they haven't been relevant in terms of the standings and for for some time, but they're always relevant because they're the Cowboys. But when they're good, they're insufferable good. You know what I mean? It's like their fan base, a little like the Yankees in baseball or the Red Sox. I mean, it's like there are Cowboy fans everywhere, and they were they were in New England as well because you every time Amari Cooper caught the ball, you heard you know large coop and all that stuff. So they travel well. They got the star, and when they got it rolling, you know. It's it's it it's kind of makes the NFL relevant, you know, in the sense that 
you know, if the Cowboys are good, it's interesting to to America's team. And and they're in it. Like they're gonna win it. That division, that's another one. It's terrible, right? Like terrible. Like you got the Eagles who are so limited um in what they can do offensively, right now at least. Um they're not trying to run the ball, they're not balanced. Jalen Hurts is out there trying to do everything by himself. They traded Zach Hurts, as you mentioned. So, you know, they're in that kind of rebuilding slash is this guy our quarterback mode. And then, you know, the Washington football team, not good. You know, they, you know, losing, losing Ryan Fitzpatrick hurt them. Um, they, they just, they don't, they don't look like a contender. They're not, they're not, they're not going to push the Cowboys. There's nobody in that division that's going to beat the Cowboys. So the Cowboys are going to win that division, maybe get a home game, tough place to play in Jerry world. Um, much like the Packers, I don't know if they'll finish with a better record than Green Bay. And they've lost to the Bucks. I mean, the Bucks have a game in hand. If they wind up tied with them, they did beat them head-to-head. But then the Bucks lost to the Rams head-to-head. You know, and right now, um, you know, both teams have one loss. So we can get the postseason, all that might matter. We're, we're still, it's amazing, we're still we're only like a third of the way through this season. It seems like it's halfway there. I mean, it seems like we've been playing for quite a while. Um, but in fact... Because there was a little bit of a preseason this year, there's three games, not four. Um, you know, we kind of jumped right into it a year ago, and here we are. You know, the Bucks are five and one. They get the mini break, and then they play. You know, home against uh, on Sunday um, against Chicago, who I think they'll take care of, and then it's to New Orleans, and that's the other team. The team I don't know about, the team I'm not sure about, are the New Orleans Saints. Are the New Orleans Saints? going to be one of those four or five teams in the NFC that could go to the Super Bowl. A year ago, they definitely were. And you could argue that they're in a better position because they've got a quarterback who can throw the ball down the field, which makes them more dangerous. They don't have Michael Thomas. Uh, I don't know that their defense is quite as good as it was a year ago um, with Trey Hendricks and some of the guys they lost. But they're still the Saints. And, it's, and, 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 and this is the thing that you can't escape because you've kind of seen it rear its ugly head in some of the games the Bucks have played, even at Philadelphia, they're not going to go to New Orleans and have an empty Superdome. It's going to be loud. It's going to be full. Um, you know, they struggled in the, in the noise in New England. They struggled, I thought, in the noise in Philadelphia. You know, they should have put that game away up 24-7 to 7 or whatever, 21-7, to 7, whatever it was, 28-7 to 7 at one point, and they didn't. And, you know, when you get on the road in hostile environments – Sometimes you don't get calls. Sometimes you, you can't communicate. They they still have to improve on that. They they you know this is a new team and a new year, and you're dealing with things that you didn't have to deal with a year ago. So New Orleans to me is that team um, that could join you know the Cowboys, the Cardinals, the Rams, the Bucks, right, and the Packers. But that's a loaded NFC. That really is. In the AFC, I don't, I don't see that many teams. I see two that can get to the Super Bowl. Yeah, Baltimore and Buffalo. Mm-hmm. I don't think, I don't think LA's there yet. No, I think they're good. No, the Char- Chargers got the beatdown. Vegas is good. Great win, by the way. Congratulations uh-huh. to Rich Basaccia. Yes, absolutely. They came ready to play, and Greg Olson calling plays. Um, Rich actually texted me. I, I texted him and congratulated him on finally being a head coach, you know, for years and years. Um, he was mentioned for a lot of jobs. Steve Dumick probably pushed him as hard as anybody. Yes, he did. 
you know, and I wonder what he thinks these days up there watching, you know, because he was his, he was one of his biggest advocates and, and really rightfully so. I mean, the thing about Rich is, and, and I don't know why uh, teams don't hire more special teams guys as head coaches because it certainly worked for John Harbaugh. And the thing about special teams coaches, he's the only assistant that talks to both offensive and defensive players. You know, you really have two teams that run, you know, concurrently in an NFL locker room. And it's the offense and the defense. And they don't spend much time with each other except on special teams. And the special teams coach is the one coach who addresses the entire team because he's got guys on both sides of the ball. Even your starters, even if they're not playing special teams, have to know what their jobs would be in the, in the, in the event that they got to go in and play it. So Basachi has always been this, this great – he was the guy, quite frankly, that Gruden would have speak on Saturday nights before the game very often because he was that good in the locker room and you know I know Greg Olson's a great play caller and and will simplify things and it looked like they had a good plan and they went out and they executed and they went on the road and they beat Denver and beat them badly beat them handily so that's going to be quite a story to watch because I I still think that the the Raiders are a talented team off to kind of we're off to kind of a rough start but they're four and two now and they get the screwed thing behind them and you know we'll see what happens in that division but I agree with you. I think Baltimore, who I still is, is as great as Lamar Jackson is, I still don't think he has enough around him. If that makes sense, you know. Um, I, I still don't know if they can come from behind in the playoffs. Right. Right. If if that if that scenario happens. Right. I mean, he's great, but I but his receivers seem to let him down at times. You know, and he's not he's not going to go out there with Antonio Brown, Chris Godwin, and Mike Evans. Right. You gave him those guys, they'd win it. They'd win it all. Um, he doesn't have them, so I, I don't know what happens. And in Buffalo, we'll we'll find out with Buffalo because they come here, you know, later in the year. And and look, we're a long way. I mean, so much can happen. We've seen the injuries occur with the Bucks and all the injuries they've had, you know, on their especially in their secondary. You know, Richard Sherman over the weekend um, you know, tweeted out his situation. He said, "Well, I thought I could make it. I thought I thought I could do it." Three games in 12 days. My hamstring wouldn't let me. My body said no more. But he did say that it, he didn't think it was that serious that he might miss just a couple games, um, which is better than what, what they've been dealing with with Sean Murphy bunting and Carlton Davis and those guys going on IR. So if it's only going to be a couple games, they probably won't put Richard on IR. And that means they dodged a bullet if that's true too. Yeah, it does. It really does. And not that Richard has been playing great, but you need you need him. You know, you you know, there's a reason he's here. He's the experience. He's the voice in the room. Um, you also need make some bodies right now. But you got to have healthy bodies, right? I mean, right now, um, you know, they're they're getting by, and and I got to say they they've done a pretty good job, you know, in finding some of these guys. Um, but you know Jamal Dean coming back and playing at a high level, and he really is playing at a high, high level. He's got a couple interceptions in the last two weeks, um, about five or six pass breakups, which is the most I think in the NFL during that stretch. He's he's playing a little nicked up. I mean his knee isn't perfect, but he's out there. And you know if he cleans up some technique stuff, I mean he's actually you know he's actually given them um, a playmaker kind of at that position. He had the pass interference, but. Again, that was that was not really bad coverage. It was just he panicked at the end and didn't get his head around. And it was kind of a, a a poor pass, and he got the flag. But um, you know they they've managed to hang in there, and I think they can hang in there against Chicago, which is just so limited offensively. 
and I, I expect them to bring a ton of pressure, um, you know, on Justin Fields and try to get him, you know, flustered and, and, you know, having to read things quickly and all that. And Justin's a great athlete. It's kind of like playing, you know, the guy they just played because, I mean, Hurts can run, Fields can run, so he's going to make plays with his feet. He's going to extend plays. Um, but as a passer, probably a little, you know, a little better than Hurts maybe, but, you know, just not – not quite there yet, and the coaching's not good with Chicago. Um, their defense can still do some things. And this was the team that they played their worst game against probably a year ago up there in Chicago when they had the, you know, the 20-19 to 19 game and all the penalties and, you know, Tom forgetting what down it was and all of that. So they've got some motivation, and you know, to come back and play a better game at home against Chicago, and then it's on the road to New Orleans. So, yeah, it's just – it was an interesting it's, – it's always fun for me – um, and I get enough football, believe me. It's not all I did this weekend, but uh, it's interesting to sit back and watch it um, when you're not watching it as somebody who's covering the team, but you're just kind of watching games and kind of comparing them to, I guess the other team we didn't mention the AFC, you have to mention Kansas City. You know, even though they're 3-3, three and three, you know, they, they had a big bounce back game. And if that guy's a quarterback, if they ever figure out the defensive problems they've got, then you can't, you can't completely write off the Chiefs. So I would add them to, to the mix. You can't forget the Bengals well. now. Come on. Your Bengals look really good, man. I'm telling you. I mean, Joe, Joe Burrow, Tiger King, we talk about Joe Burrow. We'll talk about um, uh, Ed Orgeron here in a minute, too. Yeah, we are. <laughs> I'm all I'm out. Um, but, yeah, you know, Cincinnati's a good team, man. Jamar Chase, holy cow. Yeah, for the guy who couldn't catch a pass in the preseason. Oh, my gosh. He was dropping he's everything. Great. Yeah, he's, he's, he's been just, wonderful. He's been great, and, and, you know, they've got – there's Aaron Rodgers. I'm watching the highlights. He goes, I've owned you. I own you. I've owned you my whole bleeding life to the Chicago fans. I still own you. Hey, <laughs> I still own you. ain't lying. <laughs> nope, he ain't. Shut him up. He's 22-5 and five against the Bears. 22-5. and five. 57 touchdowns and 12 interceptions and five straight wins. So, yeah, he does own you, Chicago. That can't taste very good, but – um. Yeah, but uh, yeah. The, the, you know what? The Bengals. The, the we'll, Bengals are going to be a real. If we'll they learn could this week. We'll them, learn this week because they play at Baltimore this week. But they can't. The problem is they can't protect Joe. No. Even when even when they play well, Joe is kind of like getting hit. You know what I mean? Or or running away. Or or you know they yeah. just don't quite have the line around him that you wish that they had. Because I'm still afraid he's going to get hurt again. Yep. You know. But he's got weapons and 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 he's got he's got swag and a hell of an arm and and he can win, you know. The guy's gonna be good, man. I just like I said, if they don't get him broken up again, he's already had one ACL injury. But yeah, don't don't write off the Bengals. I think uh, the Colts are coming back to play a little better. Carson Wentz played well. Jonathan Taylor ran for touchdowns. So you know, by the time the Bucks play Indy, they'll probably be better. You know. It's such a long season. I mean, that's the thing you realize is you're like, gosh, man, these guys put a lot out there. I mean, there's a lot of injuries. You know, football's a brutal game. Um, so much can happen. Look what's happened already, you know, just in terms of the injury the Bucks have without Gronk, who's probably not going to make it back this week, maybe for the New Orleans game. Um, I would expect they'd have Antoine Winfield Jr. back for the Chicago game. Um, not going to have Carlton Davis. Not going to have Sean Murphy Bunting. Not going to have Richard, Richard Sherman which is going to be tough. So they're down quite a few players, but some of the other guys have stepped up. I mean, guys like O.J. Howard is playing better, and you know we mentioned the guys in the, in the secondary. So they'll try to keep it together, but it was an interesting, interesting Sunday of football. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. But preceded by an even more interesting Saturday of football. And your Florida Gators Ooh. go to LSU and against a bad the Tigers team that's having a bad year. Woof. Not only can you not lose that game, you can't lose it the way they lost it. The defense did not look good. No. And and wasn't this the discussion, maybe not so much this year, but, I mean, Dan Mullen was given the opportunity to do something with that defense, and specifically with Todd Grantham, who was embattled a year ago after a historically bad defense, and he stuck with him. And while it hasn't been really – you know, the collapse of them until they went to LSU. Um, Dan Mullen, all of a sudden, you look at him a little different because they've lost six of their last eight games against Power 5 teams. And as Matt Baker noted, Jim McAway never did that. Muschamp did in 2013. So this is where we're at now with the University of Florida, who's now 4-3, and three, and they're 2-3 and three in the SEC. And the teams they've beaten are the Tennessee Vols and Vanderbilt. Right? Woof. So they've got a week off, and they play number one Georgia on October 30th. And he says, well, we'll evaluate everything. Yeah, I wonder who's going to evaluate you. Because you're headed for maybe eight wins again on, a, on the good side, which will not get you into a New Year's Day game. And... You know, I I think you could even question the handling of his quarterbacks. I mean, Emory, Emory Jones was not good. Um, you know, Mullen was loyal to him. But he's not as talented as that, you know, Anthony Richardson. He's just not. Now, both of them, you know, threw interceptions. But Richardson did lead them on four consecutive scoring drives once he took over after Jones' second pick. And if you don't think this guy has NFL ability, I mean, he's he's – made some throws that were, you know, league uh, quality. So, you know, the defense is an issue. Um, yes, Mullen has gotten to three near six games, you know, in, the, in his first three years. Um, but this will be at least a second straight season with three losses and probably a fourth because they got – I don't think they beat Georgia in Jacksonville at the end of the month. Georgia looks really good. They're outstanding, and they don't, they don't have their starting quarterback. Yeah. They're playing with their backup. But they just line up and run over you, you know? And their defense is really good. Defense is strong, yeah. And, you know, Mullen's not been a great recruiter, right? I mean, their their class, 22, 2022 class, ranks 14th nationally, 5th fifth, fifth in the SEC. Um, So, I don't know, if you're if you're a Gator fan, or I know how those people at the University of Florida think. They don't think that, you know, going to New Year's Day games and things, that it, that's not they, – they, they believe they should be winning championships and not just SEC championships but national championships. If you're going to lose to somebody, maybe Alabama in the SEC title game, but not 
they don't want to take back seats to Kentucky and LSU. Well, you know. Let me ask you this, and this is very premature because I, I yeah. don't believe Mullen's on the hot seat yet. Nope, not yet. They just signed him to an extension well, yeah, a little but, while. But ago. but let's, for argument's sake, say right, right. Say that Florida wants to make a change. Mm-hmm. This year, you already have openings at USC, LSU, LSU. Where's Florida ranking that? As far as a, you know, if, if are if, they more let's, attractive? Let's say all these jobs? all these programs are going after the same coaches. Let's just say, you know, whoever yeah. the the hot coach is going to be, whoever it is or coach right. is. Where where does Florida rank in there? And I don't. It's a it's a fair question. I don't know. Are they? Is it a better? Is it a better program than LSU? Probably. I mean, you're in Florida. So but recruiting LSU, wise, that should be a huge advantage. But Louisiana LSU got good won a national too. championship. Yep. Absolutely, you know what I mean. They 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 won a couple, you know, since Florida has. Um, now that might be wrong. I mean, maybe Florida's won one, you know, in between there. Yep. But obviously, Joe Burrow won one a couple of years ago. And, all, and there's an example for you. So so Burrow wins it with Ed Orgeron, and what? Two years later, he's out. Yeah. I mean, so what does that say about their standards? You know. Could it be philosophical difference, differences like the uh, manager of the Cardinals who makes the playoffs three straight years and is out? What the hell happened there? <laughs> what, what happened Appar- there? Apparently the front office wanted to use analytics more in the decision-making day-to-day, and uh, uh, he okay. was not that uh, open to that. Oh. Well, they should call Kevin Cash and see how that works yeah. out for him in the postseason. Um, yeah, I don't. that was a surprise that uh, the Cardinals – you know, I, I thought the Cardinals were the great story at the end of the I mean, would they win like 18 in a row? Yeah, 17 or 18, whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. it was crazy to get in the playoffs. So, yeah, I thought that was uh, I thought that was a pretty good run there. I'm not sure I'd be that quick to fire the guy. But, you know, Saint, I mean, you know, the St. Louis Cardinals feel like they can get anybody to manage them, that that's, they're one of the marquee teams right in baseball. You draw 3 million fans a year. You, you're, yeah. you know, you're generally in the playoffs. So they can do that. But if LSU, you know, if they're not happy and they won a national championship a few years ago, but Ed Ogeron is Coach O's out, should Florida's standards be higher than winning eight games two years in a row if that's, in fact, what Florida's headed for? And it sure seems like it. I mean, eight games might be optimistic at this point. I don't know. But it's not good. And then you have USF. What a heartbreaker oh. for those guys. Oh, I mean, you're up eleven at home got, late. Oh, uh, and then you know, I I agree with this decision. You know, you need a yard, and the game's over, right? But you're at your own forty six or forty three, whatever it was. Um, liked the decision, hated the call. Execution was poor. They turned the ball over there on downs, and then you knew it was coming. You know, you knew they were going to go down the field and score on you, and they did. Just a just a gut punch, because I don't know how many more wins. I mean, I guess Temple, they have a shot. Yeah, Temple at home this Saturday, right? We were going through the schedule before the show here. Let me see if I can pull it up here. Yeah, Temple. Then you're at ECU on a Thursday night short week, which is a team you could beat, but maybe not on the road up there. It's you know? always tough. Yeah, on the road Thursday nights. Mm-hmm. And you come home for Houston. Not good. Home for Cincinnati. Really not good. They at, just destroyed yeah. UCF at Tulane. That's a tough one too on and then the road. At UCF to end the season. 
And by that time, maybe UCF has their quarterback back. I mean, yeah, I mean, you may that might have been your best last chance for a victory. And if if you if you know, again, I don't, I don't know what to think of of Jeff Scott in his you know hot seat or not. Um, but if you can't beat an FBS team in two years, and you do you do end up having back to back one win seasons, that might be a tough sell. I don't care what the buyout says. It might be, but but you're seeing you're seeing steps being made. I mean, you're seeing progress yeah. from the beginning of the year to now. I thought they took a step backward at, at the offense at the quarterback position. Okay, I didn't, I don't think that they played well offensively. When I looked up, and the guy was at one point nine of eighteen or nine of nine of seven. I don't know what it was, but you know, um, McLean did not did not impress me in that game at all. I think he missed some throws. I think he, mm-hmm. you know, I think he watched. Oh, he, I think he's he, definitely he watched a work the in rush. progress. I mean, he's a work in progress. He's he's not. a true freshman, so mm-hmm. I get yep. it. Yep. You know, I mean, they've decided to go with this guy and develop him, and that that might be the right decision. He took a step back against Tulsa, in my opinion. And having said that, they still had an eleven point lead. You know, at one point, but man, that was whew, gut punch, gut punch for those guys. Oh, and also, pick up your Iowa might be the worst number two ranked team in the country in history. My goodness, they lost. They didn't just lose to Purdue. They got destroyed by Purdue. And, and a Purdue team that was like three and two, I think. Not a, not a great Purdue team, but it but took them apart at home. At historic, what's the name of it? Historic Kinnick Stadium. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Would you say you went to an Iowa game and that's that's how they announced oh, it the entire day? Yeah, so yeah, I, my wife and I went, this is years <laughs> ago, but we're there, and every time they said the stadium, it had to been 20 or 25 times that night. Welcome to Historic Kinnick Stadium at Historic Kinnick Stadium. Historic, I was like, is the name of the stadium Historic Kinnick Stadium? Because I thought it was just Kinnick Stadium. <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah, it was, uh, it was in hysterics um, the other day because that was – and you know what? That so that solidifies your Bearcats, right? They're going to be number two now. They're two in the AP. They're three in the coaches. Oklahoma's two in the coaches. Poll. Is Alabama back in the top five? The top no, they're four. They're four. They're four in both. There you go. Yeah, yep. that didn't take long. Ohio State's five in both. <laughs> that didn't take long. Some good stories in college. I mean, I think. Listen, I've always believed this that outside of Ohio State, the Big Ten's overrated. I just always have. I've never, <laughs> I, I've never been impressed by anybody in the Big Ten. I'm still not. Michigan State is having one of the best years in Michigan State history, and I still don't know how good they are. Yeah. Michigan. I don't know how good ha- Michigan is. They haven't lost, and then I saw where the big noon game is: Michigan and Northwestern. I'm thinking, yeah. do they play anybody ever? Well, Michigan and Michigan State's in two weeks. Okay, there's your first one. Then they get and, what Penn they, State two weeks after that, and Ohio State two weeks and then Ohio after that. Ohio State, that's so, going to yeah. tell the tale. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's all these games still are to be played in the Big Ten East. But let me ask you this: If not Ohio State, okay, let of, of, of the Big Ten teams you've seen this year, do any of those strike you as a team that if it made it in the top four had any chance of winning no. the national title? No, 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 right. I mean, in Ohio State might hit their stride. I mean, they might they might bounce back and you know offensively start doing some stuff and make you believe that okay they can hang with some SEC teams. But Ohio State's got the talent to hang. Now, I you know they haven't put it together this year for a myriad of reasons. But yeah, and and they're still a very good team. Yeah, and they may wind up just losing one game. Yeah, you know, I mean they 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 may well 
you know, be what Ohio State's always been at the end yep. of the year. But, yeah. but man, I mean, talk about overrated. By the way, I did like Purdue's tweet after the game. I don't know if you saw it. Oh, it was excellent. We just beat the number two out of Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> One of the better ones, man. And their offensive <laughs> lineman, some fan threw a beer on the field, and he just poured it all over. <laughs> he his just drank it. Yeah, that was classic. Oh, it was a bad. It was a bad day up in Iowa, man. That was that was a, that was a game. I was just like, holy moly, did you guys get destroyed in your own house? And they only got to hold that ranking for one week too. You know, yeah. the thing is, they beat a Penn State team that was they were down by, they were down by I think ten. Yeah, well, Penn State lost their quarterback, and Penn State lost their starting yeah. quarterback. So I mean, you know, they came back, and that ranking was quote unquote earned by an injury to the other team's quarterback, where you were losing, and then all of a sudden you end up winning a close one, and it's like. Yeah, you're not the number two team in the country, and certainly they're not now. Where, did Florida are they still ranked in the top twenty five, or do they fall out? Uh, that's a good question. I didn't check that today. I think they're down a while. I mean, they have to be way down. They were already at nineteen or twenty, I think. So they had to be close to falling out. Let's see, Florida. No, they got uh, others receiving votes. Yeah. Okay. So they they're not in the top twenty. No, they're top twenty five. I didn't think they would be, but yeah. That's, I mean, but that, think about that, right? You're the University of Florida, man, and, and you know, you've got Dan Mullen, and, and you know, you think you're going to win the SEC, and you play a, a tough game against Alabama and lose close, but, and then and then the wheels come off, and it's not good. It can't be good up there in Gainesville, man. They got to be, they got to be disappointed as they can be. Well, and like I, I said, look, I, in two weeks we'll know a lot more. I mean, do they hang with Georgia like they did with Alabama? Yeah, maybe. Or do they play like they've played some of these other games? It's a rivalry game. I mean, you know, it's, let's not forget how they almost knocked off Bama. Right. No, I mean they did. And, you know, they and I I think I think Bama was young. I think they're getting better. Mm-hmm. Um I think Florida might have caught them at the right time, but they did play a good game against Alabama. Well, and Texas A and M has caught Bama too. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. so Bama's not as Maybe as strong as they've been in the past. I mean, they're still really good, and they have a shot to win the title, no question. Right, right. I think they still have the best odds in Vegas in that, even more than Georgia. Yeah. Of course, they'll play Georgia in the championship game, so. Yeah. I'm sold on Georgia. I think Georgia's good, and I I hope that. I mean, Todd Munkin's done a nice job, the offensive coordinator there. Like I said, he's using a backup quarterback right now. Um, By the way, they they blocked a kick against Kentucky, a field goal, uh, over the weekend. They got mm-hmm. those two stud defensive linemen mm-hmm. that they just put in the same gap on a field goal. Yeah, I mean, I I, I think both of them blocked it. I mean, they, they yeah. were both. I mean, it's so dominant those guys. Yeah, I mean, just incredible. The the yeah, athletes they have a good they defense have on that defensive line. Yeah, they're they're horses, man. And Kirby, I mean, he's done a good job of building that thing. And you know, again, if you're Florida and Georgia is going to win a national title or an SEC title, that doesn't help recruiting either. I mean, they're right on the border, man. You play that game in Jacksonville for a reason, you know. So, which program are you going to? If you're not, if you don't go to Alabama, you want to play in the SEC, and you've got Florida and Georgia looking at you. That's that's not good leverage for Dan Mullen. You know, he needs to find a way to to upset somebody here. But uh, I don't know. It, it was a it was an interesting. Week. It was fun to watch all these games. It was. Um, wasn't you know, quite as exciting as last weekend for college. No, but, nothing but would was, be though. But college is still a great, great oh, Saturday fantastic. to sit and watch. Yeah, it's fantastic. You know, there there were good games all all day, and 
I enjoy watching them play. And and then, like I said, the NFL, you really sit back and you realize how many games, how many games are lost and not won. You know, and and how some teams just don't have a shot. And that, you know, the Bucks have been on that end for so long. But the fact of the matter is, is I've not seen many offenses. I think I think the Cardinals are close. Green Bay, I don't think is there yet, but there's not many offenses that can hang with the Bucks in terms of their their playmakers and their explosiveness. I think Dallas is one of those. Dallas is definitely one of those. Dallas is a problem, and, and LA you know? as well. I mean, and they're all in the and NFC the that you're talking about, pretty much. Right, right. You're gonna have to you're gonna have to go through. I mean, if if you don't win 13 to 14 games, you're gonna go on the road someplace for the NFC Championship. And and really, outside of the two New Orleans game and Buffalo. The, I don't know another game the Bucks could lose. I mean, if they're healthy and you know they play well. I mean, obviously you can you know any given Sunday, Monday, Thursday. But at the end of the day, they're going to be favored in every game they play, and probably a few you know the, of teams that could beat them, like like uh, New Orleans. They'll probably be favored in one of those, I would imagine, if not both. But there's there's not yeah, a team. I mean, yeah, you're going through the left schedule. This... Washington, the Giants, the Colts at the yeah. Colts. They're getting better, yeah. but I, yeah, I think the Bucks. Carolina twice, at the Atlanta Falcons. Again. We said the Bills, Saints, Panthers twice, Jets. Yeah, yeah. Bucks are going to be favored in every, all, but they, maybe every game. But there's only th- three games they might not be favored. But if they take care of business, you'd say, okay, where could they lose? Well, they could lose one of those New Orleans games. I mean, yes, they've lost sure. them both before, but they could lose one of those. They could lose to Buffalo. Okay, well, if that's let's just say those are the two games you lose, and and you get some guys back. And you don't suffer any more cataclysmic injuries, and Brady's okay. He's going to wind up throwing for almost six thousand yards. You're going to have three one thousand yard receivers. You're going to have a thousand yard rusher in, in Leonard Fournette, um, and you know, and Gronk may come back. And yeah. you're going to go into the postseason with thirteen, maybe fourteen wins, but probably thirteen wins. No, it might you know? be fourteen. I mean, you got maybe seventeen 14. games. Don't forget, you've got seventeen this year. So right, right. So if you, so you know, they're sitting here. They're five and one. They lose two more. So that's fourteen and three. Yep. You know, if they lose three more, it's thirteen and four. Yeah, and obviously, Brady, I believe, is on pace to break Manning's single season yardage mark, and he would yes. break it in weeks in the game sixteen, not seventeen, at this pace. Right. That's right. I mean, he's ahead of Peyton Manning's pace for a sixteen game schedule. Right. Right. And and with the seventeenth game, he could throw. Right now, he's on schedule. He's on pace to throw for like six thousand yards and fifty plus touchdowns, which would be the most he's ever thrown. So that's the kind of year he's having. And, and you know, like I said, it can change in an instant with injuries, with, with all mm-hmm. kinds of things. But And, and the same well, is and true the, with all the those road, other The teams. road's been tough this year, and, and they've got nine it's road much games, tougher. not eight. They've got nine. So. Yeah, Indianapolis is that ninth game, and that's going to be a tough yeah. tough deal. That's a good football team, and they're going to get back some guys. You know, they got T.Y. Hilton back. Um, they're going to get their offensive line back in shape, I think. You know, John, like I said, Jonathan Taylor ran well. I mean, they've they've got if Carson Wentz plays the way he did, that, that's a, that's a tough place to go in and win in Indy. You know, so so there's some games they could lose. I'm not saying they can't lose those games. I'm just saying they're going to be favored almost every team they play the rest of the way, and it's gonna. But it's going to take because of those divisions like Green Bay. Um, you know, we'll see what happens in the NFC West. I still think somebody's going to beat Arizona. You know, those teams are still fairly evenly matched. But it's going to take 14 wins to get home field advantage. You know, 13 and three did it last year for Green Bay. You know, 14 and three might you know might do it this year. 15 and two, 
Who knows? But it's a tall order. So finally, we'll wrap it up on this. Uh, I didn't get to see except for the highlights, but the Tampa Bay Lightning took care of business on the road. They got four points, and both were overtime wins. I guess that's all you can ask, right? Well, you could ask them to, you know, particularly in Detroit, play a little better. But yeah. um, at the end of the day, I mean, you went on the road and got all four points after right. that horrific the opening buckle. night. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so you're two and one through three games. Mm-hmm. You'll take that every time. I mean, uh, I, I think the Lightning's a work in progress right now. Um, I think in part a lot of new pieces and new energy. I mean, you know, let's not forget part of losing the Gord, Coleman, Goudreau line. That's the line that started every period. Yep. And any time you needed energy or something to happen, that was the line that went over the wall. And, and you're missing that. Yeah. Um, I think the short off season. That's tough. You know, I, I wonder mentally how this team's feeling right now. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't think it's so much physical. I think it's, you know, how much from the last two years of all the hockey they've played and, and with a really short offseason this year, mentally how, I don't want to say ready they are because that's not fair, but just, you know, maybe tired mentally. Right, right. And, and you know, and, and look, they've got enough talent. They should make the postseason this year, barring some injuries and everything else. So, you know, and we know they don't care if they win the division or not. Right. I mean, they showed that last year. It was like, just get in the playoffs. That's all that matters. But I think they'd like to get out to a good start. But, in you know, okay, 2-1 and one now is, is much better than it was looking after opening night. You've got two tough games this week. You've got uh, the Panthers in town on Tuesday and the Avalanche on Saturday. Those are predicted to be two of the best teams in the NHL this year. So it's it's a two two tough games this week, but you got you got a few days off too. So you'll play Tuesday, and then you don't play again until Saturday. So, um, but look, two and one through three games, you'll take that. And and you know the goal is just to keep banking points, and and that's what you know that's the, unfortunately right now the their division is all banking points. It's like every except Montreal, who's zero and three, um, is is off to a good start so far in the in the Atlantic Division. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough division for sure, but. Um, good to see Stamkos, who you know mm-hmm. put the game winner away in overtime. Skated really well. Had the two on one break with him. He looked really it. good on Saturday night. He, yeah. had a, he had a lot of jump Saturday yeah. night, which is great. So, and so. Washington's always been a tough place for them to play too. That's been yeah, kind of a know, house of horrors for them. A heavy team, a team that they don't always mm-hmm. match up well against, and to win a two to one game, you know, um, yep. certainly that's better than the. They had to seven, kill off six a, kill off a four on three penalty kill in the overtime. Right, Sergeyev right. took a cross check, and yeah. Now the bad news is, uh, I guess Cooch is is Nick. That's going to be the the you know. Hopefully, we'll know more today or tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, Coop said didn't know. It looked like on television maybe his groin. Groin, yeah. Uh, but Coop said not to hit the panic button yet. So you hope maybe he doesn't miss too much time. <laughs> well, he did miss the entire regular season yeah, well. a year ago. <laughs> so did you put him on LTIR and then bring in some more players. <laughs> yeah, so that's right. <laughs> Use some salary cap help here, uh, for sure. But yeah, um, but you don't want you don't want him to go out, you know, this early in the season, obviously. No. But yeah, Headman looks him. really good. Like yeah, you, know, you forget that you know throughout the playoffs last year and the whole last month and a half of the season, torn meniscus, you know, torn meniscus, and you know he still played well. But when you see him healthy now, he's just yeah. a different skater and different player. Yeah, that's that's no fun to play on those. I mean, I. I couldn't walk on one 
one time and dragged my leg around. I, I can't imagine that, like, you know, these guys are tough, right? But, I mean, to be, to be a hockey player and have to skate and, and have that yep. in your knee at the time. And he obviously is feel, feels a lot better after surgery. He's a good number of months after it. So, And the Lightning have gotten debuts from Boris Kachuk and Taylor Radish now. Uh, Andre Schuster is playing right now because Cal Foote's still hurt and Zach Bogosian's out now four to six weeks. So, um, you know, you've got some different pieces moving in and out. Yeah, it's going to take time. Yeah, but, you know, you're two and one, so. Two and one, and you got your core together, and as long as that guy is between the pipes and Andre Vasilevsky, you're going to be fine. So it was uh, it was a promising road trip, you know, because mm-hmm. looking at it after that sort of debut – um, where they didn't show up at all, and then have to go on the road to Detroit, which is improving. And, well, you know, they and you were down six three to goals. three with six seventeen to go. Yeah, I mean, you rallied. <laughs> I mean, that's you're not going to want to be in that position, much less pull that out my very often. But um, yeah, they stole that one sort of, and and uh, and then then play a two to one game against Washington is a good deal. So you know, looks like they've righted the ship for a while. We'll see where they go from here. But you know, all in all, not a bad uh, not a bad weekend for them. So we got lots to talk about this week. Obviously, the Bucks will be back in action. The players don't come back until tomorrow, um, which will be Tuesday. So uh, I'm sure we'll have probably a chance to talk to somebody over there uh, in preparation for their game against the Chicago Bears. And uh, no raised chatter, obviously. Yeah. Been watching any of the baseball playoffs? Anything strike you there? I've watched a little bit. Um, yeah. I watched a little bit of the Braves-Dodgers on Saturday. I've got it on here as we're taping. It's 2-2 yeah. right now in game two, so. Yeah. Austin Riley, a big uh, walk-off hit in Game One. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really haven't seen much of the Astros Red Sox series; just hasn't worked out timing-wise. But Astros win yeah. Game One. Red Sox uh, hit two grand slams in the first two innings, jumped in all game over, two, yeah. yeah, and won that one. So, yeah, it's tough to watch. I mean, it's just it seems like the Rays, you know, would have done well um, had they made it to the ALCS. I think they'd have done well against Houston or whoever was waiting for them, and you know. Um, of course, they got all off season to figure out what went wrong there. But I'm kind of pulling for Atlanta. I'd like to see the Braves get in the World Series. I think it'd be a great story. I used to work for them, so uh, I got no problem with that. That's kind of yeah. who I'm pulling for. So, yeah, Charlie, Charlie, F. Charlie Morton, Morton Travis Darno's there. Yeah, Rays all over the place. Yeah, so that's kind of fun. Be fun Charlie Morton's going to pitch Game Three on Tuesday, I believe. So uh, he's clutch, man. Clutch pitcher. Going to be fun to watch them. So, but check it out. Uh, join us uh, all week long. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk some college football later on in the week with yeah. Matt Baker. Get Let's do his a mailbag tomorrow. Yeah, that sounds good. Why don't we do that? Yeah. So here's what you do, and I've got some questions already, but um, yep. sub- submit them to us on Twitter at SportsDayTB. You can reach me on Twitter at NFL Stroud. My email address is rstroud at tampabay.com. Ask us anything, Bucks, Rays, Bolts, uh, college football, you name it. Uh, we'll address it and answer those questions 100% correctly. So, yeah, let's do that. Uh, we'll do that tomorrow. That sounds like a great idea. Heading into, um, you know, the week of the uh, Bucks bears at Raymond James Stadium. So sounds good. All right. Uh, that'll do us for tonight. Uh, for Steve Versick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. 
boring, no flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.